Welcome to those uh, here and those online. Today is the third Sunday of Lent, and our theme is From Earning to Receiving. We welcome Allison Casella Brookins with us today, and she'll be giving the sermon. She is former pastor of Chicago Community Mennonite Church, and she's preached for us several times on Zoom. Our focus statement today is listed in the bulletin. Uh, feel free to kind of look around, grab a bulletin. They're placed on the seats. And yes, we're using the hymnal today instead of the um, um, voices together because there's a particular song that we want from the hymnal. Our focus statement. As we seek God's way, we move from believing that we must earn our nourishment, our privileges, even our identity as God's children, to understanding that abundant life is a gift from God to all. Those on Zoom, you might not be able to see the worship table, but there's a plate and silverware and a glass. There's an extra stash of plates there. And I invite us to consider this as an invitation from God to come and eat what God has to offer. God, the host, eagerly calls us as individuals and is ready with extra plates to dole out servings of love and mercy to all. Please pray with me. Gracious God, we pause to acknowledge your presence among us. We gather here today as your children and yearn for your love and your mercy. Send us your spirit to help us open our ears and eyes and hearts to recognize your love that's already swirling among us. Amen. I will be reading the first eight verses of Psalm 63 from the message. God, you're my God. I can't get enough of you. I've worked up such hunger and thirst for God traveling across dry and weary deserts. So here I am in the place of worship, eyes open, drinking in your strength and glory. In your generous love, I am really living at last. My lips brim praises like fountains. I bless you every time I take a breath. My arms wave like banners of praise to you. I eat my fill of prime rib and gravy. I smack my lips. It's time to shout praises. If I'm sleepless at midnight, I spend the hours in grateful reflection because you've always stood up for me. I'm free to run and play. I hold on to you for dear life, and you hold me steady as a post. The call to worship is printed in the bulletin. Would you please stand? And we'll read the call to worship together. 
Together we seek the way of God. Today we accept God's invitation to the feast. As we worship, we receive the abundant gifts of God. So let us praise God and sing for joy. You can remain standing or stand again. Uh, for our first two hymns, we'll be singing uh, number six here in this place. Number 515, Jesus Rock of Ages.
your bulletin, turn to the confessing section, and I invite you to read this, read this silently before we read it aloud. So take a moment. Let's read together. Holy One, we seek you while you may be found. Have mercy on us, O God, for our thoughts are not your thoughts, and our ways are not your ways.
As we walk with Christ on this Lenten journey, let us see your way more clearly and follow your way more faithfully. Uh, children, you want to join me up front? So, we've got a scripture today that um, Alice is going to preach on that um, brings a phrase to, to my mind. Um, if you would have a plate of brownies at your house and they were, there was a, just, they need to be cut, we'd probably you would cut them and everybody in your family would get one, right? At least, kind of to make it equal, right? And if you have a favorite chair in your house, maybe you take turns to sit on that chair, not the same person gets to sit there the whole time. Are there issues like that that come up in your houses, like things you need to share, or things that it, it'd be more fair if it's shared? Can you think of anything at school or at home? Nothing, okay. Um, what about jobs? Are there any jobs that you do that you get a reward for? Nothing. How about a thank you for? I bet at least a thank you. Yeah? If you, yeah, yeah, Emma, go ahead. Um, well, there's like doing dishes and stuff. I get a thank you from that. Okay, yes, right. We get a thank you for washing the dishes, yep. What else do you do that you might get a thank you for? Nope, okay. I mean, it could be jobs like raking leaves, um, like cleaning the house, walking the dogs. Often, if we do something, we get a reward for it, right? And then if we don't get that thing, do you know what phrase I'm thinking of? It's not fair, right? We want things to be fair. And when things don't work, and if somebody gets a bigger reward for the same amount of work, then we might say, it's not fair. So the, the scripture that we're going to look at is um, from Jesus. And Jesus is telling the story in the book of Matthew. And he's showing how he cares for all of us, even when we might feel like his equal treatment to everybody is unfair. So I'm going to ask if you can act this out with me. It doesn't take a lot of acting, but it kind of helps to see it visually. Um, so I'm going to narrate it. And I actually need one more person to come join us as another person. Anybody it can be big, small, doesn't matter. Volunteers? Yes, Allison, thank you. Come on up. Great. Okay. Um, I'm going to ask that Micah, you stand right here. Emma, you're here. And Allison, you're on the other side. And Steve, you're by the piano. All right, we're going to pretend like your job is going to be raking leaves. And the landowner needs to um, get some people to rake. You don't have to start yet. In fact, you're not hired yet. You better not start. Matthew 20, 1 through 16. For the kingdom of, the he of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. 
what do you consider early? What's a time that's really early in the morning? When I wake up. Okay, when do you wake up? Like eight. Okay, eight o'clock. He went out at eight o'clock to hire some workers. And he says, um, if you rake leaves for me all day, I'll give you a piece of candy. So does that sound good? Sure, that sounds great. Good job. So after agreeing with the laborer at 8 o'clock in the morning to give him the usual wage of a piece of candy, he sent them into his vineyard, his backyard, and he begins to rake leaves. So can you pretend to rake leaves? Just, yep, yep, good, good. Okay, he's in the vineyard. Then he went out about 9 o'clock, and he saw some others just standing idly there in the marketplace, and he said to them, you, you also go and rake some leaves, and I'll pay you whatever is right. Is that okay with you? Yeah, that sounds fine. Oh, good. So she went, and she was raking leaves too. Go ahead and start raking leaves. Good. And he went out again about noon, about 3 o'clock, and he did the same thing. And 5 o'clock, he found some people just standing around. And he said to them, why are you standing there idle all day? Because no one hired us. So he said, okay, you go to my vineyard, my backyard, and begin to rake leaves too. So when the evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his manager, call the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last, and then going to the first. When those were hired at 5 o'clock, each of them received the daily wage of the piece of candy. Now, when the first came, they thought, yeah, he can have one. They thought that he would receive more. But each of them got the exact same thing. And when they received it, they grumbled to the landowner and they said, These last workers only worked one hour, and you have made them equal to us who have worked all day in the scorching heat. But he replied to them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree to work for the daily wage? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give this last, this last, the same as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. Thank you. Ho, oh, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you that have no money, come, buy, and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which, does, which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me. Listen so that you may live. I will make with you an everlasting covenant 
my steadfast, sure love for David. See, I made him a witness of the peoples, a leader and commander of the peoples. See, you shall call nations that you do not know, and nations that do not know you shall run to you. Because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon. Wait, is that the wrong one? Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their way and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them return to the Lord, that he may have mercy on them, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are, my, are, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Let's stand to sing number 495, O Let All Who Thirst.
You get to the warehouse parking lot early. You stand there trying to look strong and hireable. Trucks rumble by. Foremen look down their noses at you and pass you by. You need work. Finally, someone stops in front of you. Come, work in my field. I'll give you $300. Does that sound fair? You do the math in your head. Fair? That's $25 an hour for the whole day. Way more than you've ever made. You don't wait to hear more. You hop in the back of the truck with the others, and you go with him. You have earned the right to work hard all day. You've earned the ability to feed your family. You're picking strawberries. The work has you bending double, reaching down to the ground. Your back is strong at first, but soon it starts to protest. This used to be easier, you remember, as you shuffle along the row. The morning chill soon burns away and the sun eats into you. Sweat runs down your body and trickles into your eyes. Your hands are busy, you cannot pause to wipe it away, and so it runs freely, dripping salty sweetness into your mouth and stinging your eyes and even somehow defying gravity and sliding up your nose. You don't rest often, but when you do, straightening your back and taking your gaze beyond the work directly in front of you, the crew seems to have grown from the morning. By noon, it was twice what it was when you started, and even in the afternoon, only an hour before the close of the day, a fresh batch of workers show up. You exchange a look with your fellow workers, rolling your eyes, the incomprehensible whims of the wealthy. Finally, at the end of the day, the foreman halloos. You sigh with relief and trudge up the hill to receive your pay. At the top of the hill, you see the foreman lining up the workers, starting with the ones who just arrived. Strange, but you take your place at the end of the line. You roll the day's work out of your shoulders, massaging it, trying to loosen some of that before it gets too stiff. And when the woman in front of you exhales a sharp curse, you snap your head up to see the foreman handing $300 to the first, work, the, the first worker, the one who showed up only an hour ago. Your heart rises, the incomprehensible whims of the wealthy indeed. You worked 12 times as long as that person did, so he must mean to pay you more as well. But then those who worked three hours are also given $300. That isn't fair. The muttering in the line with you sharpens when those hired at midday and then those at mid-morning also receive $300. The workers around you shift. The stench of righteous anger rises. This doesn't make any sense. Before long, you stand in front of the foreman. $300, he says, holding it out for your labor. You hold the bills but don't move. Raising your chin, you look beyond the foreman to the landowner, standing behind him, hands in his pockets. You are quivering with rage. They, you point at the retreating backs of the first in line, worked only one hour. We are the ones who have worked for you all day. We are the ones who picked and hauled and hunched over all day. You have made them equal to us. You paid them the same as us. 
That is not fair. The landowner has the gall to keep looking bland. Dude, he says, I'm not being unfair to you. We agreed, didn't we, when I hired you for 300 for your work? That is a fair wage for a day. And I have given it to you, haven't I? Why do you care if I choose to give the same to everyone? When I hired those others, I promised to pay them what is right. I have done so. Are you jealous because I am generous? You clench your fist. You are so tired. Your back hurts so much. Generous? If he wanted to be generous, why not pay you what you deserve according to his new pay scale? If an hour's work is worth $300 to him, then shouldn't you get $3,000 for 12 hours? Friend, take what belongs to you and go. You turn towards home. This makes no sense. So I retold the story this way because it is a parable. And parables are not stories of things that have happened or that are going to happen, but they are stories that are supposed to jolt us and make us look differently at something that we thought we understood. Parables reveal truth through weirdness. And we think we understand this parable when we first hear it. We think this parable about how the landowner, and the landowner is God, thank you, good, thank you for coming along with me on that one. Uh, We think this parable is about how God practices radical equality. And we like equality, right? You know, we, we like the thought that God will take care of everyone, like in the text from Isaiah that was read for us. Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. You that have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Our whole theme for this Lent season is seeking God's ways. And we keep saying, and we kind of know in our heads, like, God's ways are different than our ways. And we celebrate this God that lowers mountains and raises valleys. We worship a God who honors and uplifts the poor and the hurting. And yet, when I retell this story from the perspective of the one who worked all day, for the same wages as those who worked only one hour, it just feels kind of weird, uncomfortable. It feels unfair. So is God unfair? There's an experiment about fairness that demonstrates how innate ideas of fairness are to our primate brains. Also, my dogs totally know if you give one of them a treat, you have to give the other one a treat. But anyway, so these researchers give two capuchin monkeys cucumbers as a reward for a simple task. They do the task, they get the cucumber, they're both happy. And then they give one monkey a juicy grape and the other monkey a cucumber. The one who gets the cucumber, who was satisfied with that payment before, is livid. (laughs) It throws the cucumber at the experimenter, rattles the bars of its cage, and pounds its fist on the ground. This monkey has a sense of fairness, and getting a smaller reward for doing the same work enrages it. The monkey wants equal pay for equal work, and so do I. 
But notice that this is different from the parable. The workers do not protest getting different pay for the same work. Rather, they protest getting the same pay for different work. They protest equal pay for unequal work. The landowner is radically generous, but doesn't follow human and other non-human earth-dwelling beings as innate instincts about fairness. Because God's ways are different from our ways. That's what this means. Equal pay for equal work is not the mantra of God's way. God is radically just, and what this means does not always correspond to our ideas of fairness. Because we forget that equal pay for equal work means unequal pay for unequal work. We believe that we should be paid according to how much work we do. And those... My grammar doesn't make sense here. So we believe that we should be paid according to how much work we do, but then this also means that those who work more get more and those who work less get less, which means that those who don't work or who can't work should get nothing. That's our human logic. And we hold deep down to the idea that we should get what we have earned and that those who haven't done the work shouldn't get the reward. Just this last week, I heard a story from someone about a time she stayed up late into the night studying for an exam. And she came to class ready with everything in her head, ready to ace it, and found out it was an open book test. <laughs> she was livid. She had done the work, and they hadn't. She earned her grade, and they didn't. God's way is a perpetual open book test. God will give everyone what they need to thrive, all you need to do is show up. Ho, oh, everyone who thirsts, come and drink. You who are hungry, come and eat. You won't pay with money. There is no price but your own true, deep longing. This is what we will find in God's way. God provides for everyone, those we think who have earned it and those who we think don't deserve it. Our petty way of thinking is insignificant in the face of God's generosity. All will get the same. All will get enough. You don't have to be deserving to receive God's love. You don't have to earn what you need to live. You and 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 you back in the other room back there and the little one and you and everyone I didn't look at. You will freely receive what you need. Yo, if you're hungry, if you're thirsty, if you're desperate to get clean, if you're mired in uncertainty about where you will live next year, if your depression is burying you, if you failed so many times that you wonder if it's worth trying, come. Come to the water, take and eat. This is good news. May it be so. Johnny, Mary, Claire, Lulu, Jeannie, Kevin, Jack, Patty, Nancy, Love. Johnny,
Shadows growing longer, lights are growing dim. Supper's on the table, everybody come in. Been playing at the river and I'm tired to the bone. She's calling all the children home. Home to the table and the big black pot. Everybody's got enough, though we ain't got a lot. No one is forgotten, no one is alone. Everybody's sitting in everybody's place with their fresh scrub fingers and their fresh scrub face. It's quiet just a minute while sister says a grace like she's calling all the children home. Home to the table and the big black pot. Everybody's got enough, though we ain't got a lot. No one is forgotten, no one is alone when she's calling all the children Thanks, Allison. All right, let's uh, join in prayer. Let's pray. God, you call to us, and so we come, bringing to you our concerns, our worries, our doubts. God, we praise you for spring weather for lower COVID cases. We praise you for this church. God, we praise you for your radical grace. May we trust that you are providing, providing enough and exactly what each person needs. Thank you that we are invited to take our place at your table a table set long before our arrival. Amen. Our sending hymn is Amazing Grace, number 143. Please stand.
Please stay standing. From this time and place, whatever awaits, may you rest in the knowledge of God's lavish love. As you go, know that our God of the wilderness remains with you on the way. Amen. Go in peace.